Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the What the Fuck with Colin podcast. This is episode 12 with Sal. It's hella funny. Please listen up. No sponsors. Bang always, though, if you want to sponsor me, hit it. Check out the logo on What the Fuck with Colin or on Colin Weirs on Instagram. Check it out. Gonna shut up now. Here's episode 12 with Sal. Sal? Yeah. I can hear you. Nice. You were really loud, though. I might, you might need to take a, like a slight centimeter back away from the mic. Is it, is it that loud on your, on your end, on your feed? How about oh, I, I just turned it down. I was all the way up. We're good. All right. Oh, okay. so- uh, cool. <laughs> Sounds good. How the fuck are you, man? Oh, oh, by the way, you're allowed to cuss. I had Nate on, and he was like, Nate the Great, you know, the greatest of them. Uh, he was like, can of I course. cuss? Sorry. And I was like, yes, of course. This is explicit only. So, yes, you're allowed to cuss. But how the fuck are you, Sal? I'm doing fucking fantastic. Uh, the rash has gone away. The ointment worked, and we're ready to rock. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask. Um, just start it off. All right. So, like I was telling you on the phone, they have – you can hear me fine, right? Does my audio sound good? Absolutely. All right, good. So, okay. So, like I said, there was a – there's, like, music it gives you for, like, I don't know, audio effects and stuff, right? And I wanted you to just hear some of the music that they have for, like, intros and stuff. Should th- This should not be an intro song at all, okay? I'm just going to play it low. All right, ready? Let's do it. It stays like this the entire time. I'll turn it up just so you can hear it more. Welcome to the WT Funeral with Colin podcast. Today we mourn the loss of dear Aunt Betty. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it stays like that for about three minutes. But why is that an intro song? You know, I like this one. This is the one I usually use when I'm just bored and I'm waiting for my call to come. And this is the one I play. Oh, this one's jazzy. Yeah, uh, or this ooh, one, ooh, or this ooh. one. What's up, dude? You're listening to the WTF with Colin podcast, the most no, totally radical '90s podcast to come out in 2020. Dude, it makes me. It totally makes me think of like, um, like a. Uh, like um, like a radio show and be like, welcome to Colin in the morning, Colin and Sal in the morning. That's yep. what it reminds me of. Make sure to call in later to win tickets win. to the WTCX Monster Truck Extravaganza. Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> you could win a 12-pack of Monster. Oh, that's fucking... <laughs> yeah, dude, I know. But... A $5 gift certificate to Barnes & Noble. <laughs> Do you remember, did you ever go to like, I mean, I'm sure you went to elementary school. Um, I'm not sure if you completed it. I'm sure you went. Did you ever, uh, were there, do you remember Borders back in the day? It was like a bookstore that. I do. Well, Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Back in like elementary school, they would give us, I remember like if we did well on like our reading log, we would get like $5 gift certificates to Borders. <laughs> and I've always wondered what the fuck I'm supposed to buy for $5 at a bookstore. An eraser. Yeah. A bookmark. <laughs> <laughs> you get a bunch of them you can buy a starbucks gift card absolutely yeah it's like i can go i wonder if i could uh take one of those in now and be like hey i'd like to buy like the first quarter of a book just chapters <laughs> one through six just tear them out 
staple them together, <laughs> and I'll give it five dollars. Oh man, yeah, yeah, dude. I, I, whatever happened to Borders? Uh, I think, uh, I think they closed down because uh, Trump put up the wall. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> oh no! But I, 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 th- I think Barnes and Noble bought him out and uh, created like a monopoly on the bookstore industry, which is supposed yeah. to be illegal. But you know, fuck it. I mean, no, everyone like I don't think anyone ever goes to bookstores anymore. Anyways, if you want a book, they probably order it off Amazon. So I'm sure there's right, an Amazon yeah. Books or some shit. Right, exactly. If you want a book, you just get bullied by your friends until you don't <laughs> want it anymore. It's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> who fucking reads bro it's all about the what the I fuck agree. with colin podcast right and speaking of the what the fuck with colin podcast we gotta talk about that the name oh, the name okay it's terrible it's not you, you, you don't like what the fuck with colin i don't i don't like what the fuck with colin i love I you like i love i love you as a human being i really what do you, you all right, all right so what do you think it should be i'm so happy that you asked I have a proposition, right? What is your proposition? Follow me on this one, right? What do you currently do for your college football team? First off, shout out to your college football team. Do you want to drop the name of your team? Uh, we're we're drop Pacific Boxers. Pacific Boxers. And what is your position on the team, Colin? Kicking. You're a kicker, right? Yes. So I propose, uh, drum roll please, or piano riff if you want to play that first song again. Okay. Kickback. No, 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 no. The first one. See, now uh, you've ruined my. <laughs> you mean, you mean this? You've ruined mean my this? dramatic intro, yes. <laughs> yeah. Kick it back, kick, kicking back it back with Colin. Kick, no, no, just two words. Just kick back with Colin Weirs. It's nice. It's cozy. It's comfortable. It draws reference to the fact that you're a kicker. You put the podcast on after a long day. You take off your Sunday shoes, get in your best red, comfy, cozy chair, light the fireside, and uh, kick I think we're gonna keep it. I think cozy we're gonna, chat with Colin Weirs. I think we're gonna keep it. What the fuck with Colin? All right, fair enough. Well, I tried. What, do you want to know how the name came to be? Yeah, I want to know if it took two or three minutes. So- <laughs> So I was, uh, when I started, when I got this mic, I would, uh, I would just literally sit where I didn't have anything else to do. I would just sit and just talk into my mic and, and I would just get <laughs> drunk while doing it. And they're hilarious, but cause I was just starting to figure out what I wanted to do, like with the, my podcast before I knew what was going on. And I right. think I said the words, what the fuck at least a hundred times in every single episode. So I was like, fuck it. What the fuck we're calling. And I'm just going to talk about nonsense. So that works. It flows though. What the fuck with Colin, bro? Like it what just the flows. Fuck with Colin? And then people don't have to, because if it's kickback with Colin, I mean, I like the name, but like motherfuckers are going to assume they can kick back. But this is just like whatever the fuck goes, you know? Like me and you started talking about these weak ass fucking, um, sorry, Podbean, these weak ass fucking uh, intro songs. Like we're just talking about, not, and then we started to got onto borders, you know? And I had Scales, who's the Raiders barber on last episode, and I had Nate, the motherfucking great on the podcast before that. Right. And it's just what the fuck, you know? And then Chris Falchetti with his IQ of 39. <laughs> <laughs> that was back in the days where I. Back in the days, like it wasn't like two weeks ago. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was still this month. It was literally <laughs> August. No, I think it was July. I think it was July. It probably, it probably was. Um, but no, I, I, I mean, I've gotten into the sitch. Like we're doing it live now on Podbean. I don't make them live though. Like I can send this link to whoever I want. But if I put, so say like, I have like twenty five followers on Podbean. I don't fucking know. But if I posted right. it publicly, 
like I post all my episodes publicly, but like if I did the live publicly, it'd send to right. all my followers and then everyone oh. can join and just like l- listen to us. But I haven't figured out because like we, I have to be able to just start the podcast and we're talking to do that. And we still have to figure out mic situations. So is that the vision eventually to have one set guest on and then eventually over the course of the podcast, any random person can join and you're just like, who the fuck are you? Well, no, they can't talk. They can just join and like, Comment. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see. yeah, yeah. I, I'm the only person, or whoever I make an admin is the only people who can invite people to speak. But the the vision is because you have yeah. can I have up to eight people. The vision is I want to make a because I have you seen the logo, bro? Yes, the logo is fantastic. Fantastic. Very well right? Yes. Very um, well that's right. Shout could, out Oliver Driscoll was my roommate last year. Great I, artist. I can, I can tell whoever drew that drew it with his dominant hand. Yes, he did. Yes. Um, so I'm gonna make a tapestry, and I'm gonna hang it up, and I want to have like the kind of like the Joe Rogan setup, where it's like two people right. sitting across the table from. So that's like the real vision. But um, I just yeah. like you know, you know me, I like to fucking talk. So whoever like of wants to just come on and ramble, bro. Like, what the yeah, fuck? I, w- I was uh, I was hoping that you were gonna say people would have the ability to just join in at random, and then like a you do like a little blurb, and then anyone with a mic could just hop in mid podcast <laughs> and start talking like you'd be talking to your guest and all of a sudden new which would hop in out of nowhere and start rambling about the republican party <laughs> is new gingrich even or is he even a republican i don't even know i think I he is but politics. i think he is but the fact that you just threw him out of thin air is hilarious bro sal you're honestly one of the funniest people to talk to i'm glad you, yeah um I was talking um, to Chris, bro, and he's like, I want to join. I, I want to hear this podcast. And I was like, dude, it's going to be so funny. Thank you. I'm trying my hardest, man. I'm, uh, I, I woke up today at the ripe hour of uh, 12.58, ready to, <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> yeah, but you texted me. You said one. I said, don't you work like all night? Yeah, I work tonight from 10 p.m. to 6 in the morning. So this is going to be a fun shift. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. You work at uh, 7-Eleven with Gabe, right? I do, yeah, I do. How is that? Is the nightlife crazy? Um, it's it's crazier than the daylife. I mean, the freaks <laughs> definitely do come out at night. It's 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 a different vibe. See, daytime it's more like hectic and there's more people. You know, it's it's exactly what you envisioned it to be. It's not like it's a fucking there's any secrecy to the Seven Eleven lifestyle. Um, <laughs> but at nighttime, you do get your fair share of crackheads and like fights that break out in the middle of the store and like. Um, you know, I have to call the cops on people all the time, not even because I want to, but like all I, the I time. Yeah. Like probably once every two weeks, I have to call the cops on a homeless person outside because they look like they're in like such like disrepair that I'm like, if I don't call the cops for this person to get help, they're going to be dead within the next 48 hours. Yeah. So, yeah. Like we get some pretty gangly looking people. You know what that deserves? That deserves a, I also Ooh. have audio effects. I thought you were going to play the piano sound because <laughs> each one of them deserves an upcoming funeral. Um, okay. I want to hear, I want to hear your craziest story in a second, but I, before I forget, I'm going to need more time to tell it than that. Okay. No, but before you forget, okay. I mean, before I forget you, your bio says you're a writer for smash magazine. That is correct. What the, what two questions? What is Smash Magazine and what is writing for it? All right. Smash Magazine is a magazine called Smash. Writing (laughs) for it is the art of putting together words in in a predetermined sequence. 
uh, preferably in English. I haven't yet figured it out in other languages to where it reads from left to right fluently and covers a certain topic or, uh, you know, uh, but, but no, I, uh, you know, it's, it's a local music publication. It's based solely out of Las Vegas and it's all about what's going on in the, not just the local scene, but like, you know, the, it's going, it's about what's going on in, in music venues that aren't T-Mobile arena or soon to be Allegiant stadium. Or, you know, any of those other major venues that got all this pub where you get giant tours like, you know, Taylor Swift or, or Harry Styles or what have you that come through there, you know, Metallica. It's all about, um, you know, what happens in the smaller places like Fremont Country Club or Backstage Farm Billiards or previously Vinyl before the Hard Rock sold out. Or, you know, even Brooklyn Bowl gets covered. You know, places like Hard Rock Live, places like that in town that don't necessarily have that spotlight to get shown on them. It's a local publication that that works to kind of showcase what's coming up and interviews upcoming artists that not only perform, but, you know, just have ties to those venues in general. And, yeah, we publish bi-monthly, and then I basically I write stories. I interview artists, and I, and I write about upcoming shows and do CD reviews in the back of the magazine and everything that falls under the sun. Uh, lately, with, with uh, the whole COVID thing, there's been no industry. There's been no concerts, so there's been nothing really to write about. So we've kind of been scratching our heads and, and reaching for straws for ideas. Um, our 100th issue, which was supposed to be obviously a big deal for us, um, obviously COVID hit and everything we had to write about, we had to scratch. So that entire issue is about how um, the industry is trying to uh, adapt and overcome the virus and, and, you know, make do of what we have. Um, and, and all every, uh, every issue is available online at smashmagazine.com and also on the smash magazine app in the Apple store and Google play and, you know, all the other third party app stores for people that can't afford real phones. And, uh, it's um it's also available in print, but right now we're not printing it just because like the places that carry it, like the concert venues, are aren't open. I mean, uh-huh. so it's like budget wise, it doesn't really make sense to print out a bunch of copies because usually the places that carry it would be all the concert venues that are being promoted and showcased inside the magazine, Brooklyn Bowl from the Country Club, etc. Uh, record stores like Zia Records and Eleventh Street, um, and then our street teams also hand out at like they'll flyer them at like special events and things like that. Um, but yeah, anything I write's available online um i i I joined the team um earlier this year on issue 99 and then i've been writing ever since i'm actually uh gonna bang out a few articles after i finish wrapping up here with you um so yeah it's it's gonna be pretty cool Uh, next issue comes out um should be out the first week of next month and uh yeah it's a it's a cool little publication so i mean like i said i cover everything from interviewing like artists directly to just writing about them to you know, like I did an article for the the COVID issue about um, Evil Pie and like what they've been doing to kind of serve their community, and not just in a literal sense, but you know, in terms of of you know building that community back up and how they're able to uplift those around them. And I interviewed their founder, uh, founder uh, Brandon Powers, I believe is his name, who uh, also founded the Golden Tiki. Um, so yeah, it was, you know, it's, it's been a really, really great experience. And, and the, the whole team behind that, um, Diane and, and Brian Saliba and all those dudes are, are obviously really, really great people and I'm happy to work for them. Um, so yeah, so that's that. Definitely go check it out. You give it a read and then, uh, drop me a line and let me think of, uh, let, let me know what you think of my work if you're listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, um, that's dope, bro. Like, I mean, it fits you perfectly. Like, are you still doing your intern work at Broken Bowl? Obviously, COVID's going on right now, but like, are you still going, planning on doing that again? Or are you done? 
Um, I, I actually had to wrap that up in January just because, I mean, normally the internship policy that it goes for just a few months at a time, it's a seasonal thing that's usually offered to college students. But, you know, I knew them personally and they liked me so much that they had me on for a while and, and I was there for 15 months. And it was it was the best 15 months of my life. I, I absolutely adore it um, and cherish those memories very deeply. But, you know, it was just time to move on to bigger frontiers and bigger horizons. But I'm still in great touch with all those people and I would love to go back to a paid position with them company if one opens up post virus you know it was just it was one of those things where i you know i wrapped up in january and then march uh all this COVID talk started stirring and then come april everyone was out of the office and it's now august and nobody that i know there is even back to work yet you know so it's, it's crazy you know i mean those dudes are all salary and they're taken care of thankfully but yeah still like no, no one in the office that I've worked with has been back inside that building except maybe to clean out their office space or, or whatever, you know. But there's been nothing. Yeah, so um, what is your, like, big dream? I know you want to work with, like, the music industry, but or, I mean, now you're doing the Smash Magazine. Like, what is – I know you're going to gonna want to work with something with music. I know you. Um, but what is, like – if you could, like, see your horizon, what is it, you know? That's the fun thing about the industry. It's like even if you can't see the horizon, it's still out there. I had no idea I would be at, at um, Brooklyn Bowl for so long. Um, I was having some talks with some people from Life is Beautiful about hopefully joining their company. In terms of the short term, that would be amazing, and I would absolutely love to work for them over just about anyone else. It's been my favorite weekend of the year ever since I was – um, oh, God, 16. In 2014 was the first year I went, and I've been every year since um, – and uh, yeah, I'd love to work for them or, or you know, any any company that's progressive, you know, Kill Pop is out here and the, that looks promising. It's it's really, you know, it's sort of an industry where, you know, when one door closes, another door opens, but you never really know what's behind that door that's opening. So you kind of just take opportunities as they come and see where they lead. Uh, you know, I've had opportunities um, working for music festivals that haven't turned out to anything. And I've had opportunities that have turned out to incredible things, you know, so it's, it's really hit or miss, but you just have to take every opportunity that comes your way and, and really just see where it goes. You know, yeah, no, I, uh, definitely. Like I, for example, I worked uh, for – I did box office management for a festival called Emerge um, that happened last year and the year prior. And that didn't really amount to anything further from that. I haven't touched, you know, touched base with those dudes since it happened. And obviously there's not going to be one this year because of the whole virus thing. So like that was, I don't want to use the term dead end, but that did, nothing really came out of that aside from the work that I did with them. But then I also did um, panel coordination for uh, an event called the Vegas Music Summit in, in um, February that was run by the guy that I uh, mentioned earlier, Brian Saliba, and that led to me joining Smash Magazine, and I've been on their team ever since, and, and you know, been happily writing for them. So, like I just said, it's 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 really just you know, you take every opportunity and, and see what happens next. Yeah, um, I think that's really with anything, though. I mean, music industry or um, anything of the artists, like I mean, I guess art, like anything doing with like art galleries or anything in like the creative senses, I feel like kind of is like that same way is like, you don't even know what you want to do, but like, you know, it's something that deals with something creative, you know? And so that's a cool thing about the things you're doing is you didn't even know you were going to be writing for smash or working for Brooklyn Bulls long. And, you know, you can see where you could go like life is beautiful, but you don't even know, maybe you're going to be for another festival, you know? So do you want to stay in Vegas or like wherever the music takes you? 
Yeah, Vegas is home to me, at least for the foreseeable future. I um, mean, I've had opportunities out in like LA and things like that, but that's a big jump to make right now on my own, you know, especially when I'm not financially established and on my feet to the point where I'd like to be. You know, if I'm 30 years old and I have a house and a 401k and other adult things that I don't understand, uh, then then yeah, sure, maybe I can make the jump. But but as of right now, I mean, I'm I'm staying put for sure. There's just plenty of opportunity, and it's way easier than having to try to make that move on my own and then, you know, God, I have to deal with LA's like real estate market's insane, you know? Um, but yeah, that's right now. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm staying here for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm doing, honestly. Like, obviously I want to go to law school. Um, that's like the end. That's like what I want to do like after college and stuff, but you know, I have good grades. I don't know where I'm going to go. Like I'm like, I'm in Oregon right now, but I'm from Vegas. My girlfriend's in Vegas. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm a man with no home at the moment, you know, I'm just kind of floating in this kind of absence of absence of like home, I guess is the perfect way to say it. So I'm just kind of like, I don't know where I'm going to end up, but you know, it's, it's you're, a cool journey to be on, you know? Yeah. You're a drifter for sure. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it, it's important to have goals, but not important to have expectations. I think that's the biggest thing that people, you know, forget when they're, when they're planning out their own future and they're scratching their heads and they're, and they're stressing and they're pulling their hair out over what they're going to be when they grow up. It's that people don't remember that it's important to have goals, but not expectations. For example, my New Year's resolution this year, because my father's a writer, I've always been interested in writing, never to the point where I'd want to pursue it as a career, but to the point where I I thought it would be a cool hobby and something interesting and just cool to say that I I have my writing out there and that I'm a published writer, right? Yeah. Um, So my New Year's resolution for this year was just like, I want to get something that I write published. That's it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I think I have an end with Smash Magazine, and I know a guy who runs it, and I'm sure that will probably work. But if it doesn't, you know, I'll ask around and see if there's any other, you know, maybe I can write for a music section in the RJ if they launch one. Or, or you know, there's so many online blogs. Um, and, and, you know, it just, it just so happened that the first target I shot at, I hit. But, you know, it's, it's, if that wouldn't have worked, you know, you would have just brushed it off and moved on to the next one. So, like I said, it's important to know what you want to do, but not be like, if I don't do this specifically, it's over for me and I failed. You know, there are so many things that fall under the everyone's umbrellas of what they want to do for a living. There's so many different places to go to. Facts. If you want to be if you want to be a nurse and and you say say I want to work at Sunrise Hospital and there's no positions at Sunrise Hospital open, but there's a spot at St. Jude's, for example, you made it. You know, it's like there's as long as you just take every opportunity as it comes and you know keep your goals and aspirations in mind, you'll be just fine. Because, you know, what's to be will be and everything will work out in the end. No, yeah. Um, I uh, One thing I've learned from starting this podcast is, like, I've always been really good at talking. You know, just speaking my mind or just saying some outrageous nonsense. But what it's really helped me do is I think this is a good quality just for life in general is really listening to what people are saying before I say anything, you know, and that was a quality I didn't really have. Cause you know me, I'm just loud. And like, you know me, if you get me and Chris in a room, dude, that room's me and Chris's room, you know? Right. So, so I think having this podcast is really helping me grow my, grow my, I, I wouldn't expertise isn't the right word, but it's the closest thing I can think of grow my expertise in areas that I'm not comfortable with, you know, uh, yeah, it helps, helps hone your skill set and, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing too. Is is you know having the gift of gab is one thing, but having the ear to listen is is I find more important in times, especially when you know you get into heated discussions about politics or religion or, or whatever, where there's so many loaded questions. You have to take the time to think to yourself before you open your mouth. You have to say, "Is what is this person that I'm talking to going to care? Is the statement that's about to leave my mouth worth my own time and breath to say? Because is it going to make an impact on this person?" And oftentimes, you know, if you take a second to reflect, you can avoid a shit ton of arguments because you'll just say, "Well, I'm about to say something to Chris, for example, but he's going to argue and bicker with me on it for an hour, and we're not going to get anywhere. So why even why start?" You know, it's like when you just take the time to listen to people, I find that uh, the conversations move more fluently and just shit gets done. I mean, you know, the world well, also, turns because – go on. Uh, turn to listen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just thinking um, going on with that, like, yeah, will they care? But also, like, do they have something that I don't know? You Precisely. know, like, do they do they know something that I actually don't know? And going in, into into an argument where you are a hundred percent certain you're right, being like, well, maybe I'm a little wrong, you know, maybe I'm still right, but like, do they have something that they can still offer me with their knowledge? Because to think that everyone's just stupid and you're always right is just the most ignorant thing you could do. A hundred percent. But I think that's what most people do, especially in politics. Right. And I mean, that, that's exactly how it works. And, and Henderson's the same way. You know, everyone in Henderson thinks everyone's fucking stupid because everyone's fucking stupid. But I mean, we all do dumb shit, but I don't know. I don't even know I'm going to this, honestly. Or wipe this. Scratch this you know what I have noticed? Play though? the piano song. <laughs> I <Huh>? got you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Peter Sal's. <laughs> R.I.P. to Sal's um, train of thought. Yeah, for just 30 cents a day, you can get Sal the Ritalin that he so desperately deserves for his addiction deficit <laughs> disorder. Um, you know what I have noticed, though, about Henderson? Um, I mean, I'm guessing Vegas is the same. Like, the whole community of Vegas is the same way. I'm just talking about kids I know. Right. You know, people people from where, I, where we're from, like, really are following their dreams right now. Like, I mean, people are really just doing whatever the fuck they want and just saying fuck it to whatever, like... Kendall, Nate, Scales, Jake, me. There's a bunch of people just no. doing shit, bro, who are actually becoming like more successful at them doing yeah. it and not giving a shit what anyone says. Yeah, shout out to Kendall, by the way. I haven't seen Kendall in forever. I fucking love that kid. I'm going to get him on the podcast soon. He's a good dude. Tell him I said hello. I definitely but, uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's, I think that that's, that's one of the things of, to where it's like we're all products of our environment. Where, you know, Vegas is – it's a small town for sure because obviously it's a big city. But, you know, it's contained to just the valley. You look around Vegas, there's nothing. You go 50 miles in any direction outside of the valley and you're going to hit fucking desert, right? With the exception of Utah, you're going to hit like a deer. But <laughs> um, – you're going to yeah. hit a Mormon. <laughs> exactly, yeah, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, Vegas is the land of opportunity in that regard, but it's also like it's a small town, but people don't have that small town mentality because there's so much opportunity available. You know, we grow up our entire lives watching people succeed and watching people, you know, grow and have all these great jobs. And, like, you know, everyone knows someone who's, you know, dad is super fucking loaded or whatever, or, you know, and it, it just – it's. It's a very motivational town, but it's also a town that'll beat you to your knees if you let it. 
So I don't know. Like for me, for example, my dad always worked in media. So that lit the fuse for me, knowing that there are media opportunities out there for me and more specifically opportunities for me personally to pursue what I have naturally been born like to love doing for a living. And, and uh, <clears throat> that's just for me staying in town. But for other people like you, you know, Vegas is is overall as a city a success a success story. And I feel like that also motivates people to to move out of town and, and face new frontiers on their own because they say, well, you know, if people can succeed here, you know, if I can make it here, I can make it anywhere. Um, <clears throat> and obviously that's not the case for everyone. You know, we all know our fair share of kids that uh, aren't doing much. But you know, the world is what you you make of it. It's your oyster. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, I have the virus, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's 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 a it's a fun place to live. It's a fun place to live for sure, and it's definitely different than what everyone thinks it is. Like people, I mean, the one thing everyone always says is, "Oh, you sleep in the Bellagio, you know, you sleep in a hotel, you know," and it's like. Uh. Kind of. <laughs> um, no, we yes, don't. But sometimes. Like, uh, some, you know, it depends on if it's someone's birthday or not, you know? Yeah, I've slept uh, in there before, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've... Uh, Were you yeah, there when Chris... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Were you there when Chris almost killed Manuel on his birthday? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That was one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen, bro. For those who don't know, Chris, is he was on one, one of my first podcasts, but Manuel is just Manuel. I can't even describe him, but he has this ringtone for his girlfriend, and it's like four in the morning, and it's going off, <laughs> and Chris goes, hey, Manuel, if you don't turn that shit off right now, I'm going to kill you. Bro, just starts freaking out on yeah, him. It's, it's basically, there had been a lot of drama that night of people taking shit out of the hotel fridge, allegedly. And I don't even know if it was on purpose or not. Um, and for Manuel's girlfriend, he has a ringtone that uh, it's like the sound of like an alien, like a, like a flying saucer coming to Earth. You know how you hear that like that high pitch? Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, ET starts going off in the other room, and Chris fucking blew a, a circuit and lost his mind, and almost beat the living shit out of Manuel. But, you know, if anyone's ever met Manuel, everyone's almost beat the living shit on a Manuel. I think his life was just to that point, <laughs> you know. Did I tell you at the time, uh, he got drunk you, buddy, and we went to the, the gym. <laughs> he, got drunk. he got drunk and we went to the gym. <laughs> so no, but, but I have a story that relates to that, but go on. Okay, so we were we were at his, Chris just joined and he's, he's listening to us right now. He said, what a What's time to join. Um, he was like, so I went over to his, he was watching his girlfriend's parents' house or something and right. I'm getting over there and this man's just getting drunk, smoking a J and we, and <laughs> he invited me over there to go to the gym. So we go to the gym and he's just slaughtered and he did like curls and he's like, all right, time to go. His voice. How does he do his voice? Can you mock his voice, please? Colin. Um, oh my God, Colin. That's, that's it. Colin. <laughs> what are you doing, buddy? Huh? Huh? Oh my God! Oh, 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 oh. Look at these lights, huh? Oh, and he so wanted heavy. me to, and he wanted uh, me to leave, bro. In like ten minutes, I'm like, bro, I knew this was gonna happen. But go ahead, tell your story. Uh, so my story is a lot funnier. So I thought it would be a great idea to get Manuel shit faced drunk and take him to Guitar Center and watch what happened. And uh, so before we went, Manuel stopped at, at like a gas station and bought like a Mickey's like 40 ounce. 
and downed the entire thing in a matter of minutes. And at that point, I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. And we pulled up to Guitar Center, and immediately this fucking Neanderthal <laughs> goes towards the drums. Because they're the most primal instrument. And uh, he sits down on them, and it goes about exactly as well as you think it would. He's knocking over cymbals. He's hitting things, <laughs> dropping sticks. You know, uh, he's hitting rim shots, which you should not ever do as an experienced drummer. But um, and then he walks over and he's trying to play guitar and he's trying to sing out loud as he plays, you know, Wonderwall or whatever he thinks he's playing. And then of course is knocking over guitars and shit. It went. It was like you know your classic like bull in a china shop thing. It was a fucking. Uh, it was a burly Mexican in a guitar center. It's basically <laughs> what that was, and it was it, it was a travesty. I don't know how the fuck we didn't get kicked out. I think it's because I escorted him out before like the the people that really knew what was going on because you know yeah. these are all a bunch of hippies. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, that was bad. And then outside in the lobby, he uh, somehow we we cut through like a we cut through GameWorks and they have like that little restaurant in the back and he somehow stole like a glass from there and went <laughs> to shatter it outside and he threw it in the air and I somehow ran and caught it. And then I like shoved his ass in the car and basically uh, put his ass under like a citizen's arrest for the rest of the evening. That's just one story I can tell that didn't, that wasn't illegal. Well, I guess being publicly intoxicated is super illegal, but, um, yeah, I feel like every story I want to tell about Manuel involves doing some sort of narcotic and performing some sort of incredibly illegal task that I will so not when you were, disclose. So when you were still working at Brooklyn Bowl, me and Chris, right. remember, we came to watch JID. That was uh, that was at Emerge. That was at the festival I mentioned earlier. That was at uh, the joint at, at the Hard Rock. And uh, Chris had this this super warm bottle of Captain, and I think we had orange juice, right? And we're just chugging it before we go in. Right, and I chugged the, <laughs> I chugged a little bit too much of the captain, and then a lot too much of the orange juice, and it just came out my fucking nose, bro, just right there in the car, bro. Oh no! It was the worst thing ever. It was the literally the worst thing ever. But you know, good things good is that we saw JID, and that was like the moment where I was like, oh man, JID's like actually cold at rapping. Like that man can just spaz because he freestyled. Like the, after he did his like two songs or whatever we got, he freestyled and was just absolutely going berserk right you know who else was going berserk was that like 50 year old blonde that was hitting on chris <laughs> i remember that oh my oh god. god that woman was lit like a fucking christmas tree dude bro that's bro good times. yeah good times i wish i had oh more to say god. about that i really do because that sounds like it's like such a promising lead into a story but now it's just some old milf though <laughs> In Chris's direction, and Chris is like, you know, get, get the fuck away from me, Sandra Lee. Like, what are you doing? Nah, bro. Good times, man. There's been some funny ass shit, bro. Um, have you ever snuck into Life is Beautiful? Uh, I played the fifth. If I ever get a job there. <laughs> yeah, I forgot you were talking about getting a job there. Um, yeah. wingman uh, of the century, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I led you right into that one. All right, yep. here's a, here's Set a the rat trap one. and said, "Come on in." All right, go on, hit me with another loaded question that'll get me in trouble. <laughs> when did you stop beating your wife? <laughs> when stopped? When she died? What do you mean? When did I stop? 
No, I'm just kidding. I was going to ask uh, you if you snuck into any other ones, and I was like, what if he works there? So those loaded questions uh, are going down the drain. Have I snuck into any other ones? Um, well, I mean, I've I've been let into uh, to certain concerts by like promoters and people that I know when I was like underage and below the limit. Obviously, nothing at Brooklyn Bowl or anything like that. But um, there there have been a couple venues here and there where I've known people that have let me in. You know, smaller places that hold like 200 people. I'm not naming any of them in particular. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other shows. I mean, I, I get snuck into just about every show. If you think about it, I mean, I get put on the comp list for just about anything yeah. I want because I know not to brag or anything, but it's just like, you know, I just, when you know, it, it's all, it's, it's an industry. If it's not what you know, it's who, you know, and no, you know the right people, you know, you, you get in. Um, I'm trying to think of there's a, oh, oh, I did. I remember at the palms, I did sneak into the floor for blink 182 one day. Cause they had a, my dad got me a pair of comp tickets, for uh, actually, it's not gone to the floor twice, um, but one of them was super easy because we had this literal floor seats, and I just walked out of the floor section and walked onto the GA floor when the fucking um, ticket mm-hmm. was blocked. Yeah. The other time, my dad got a pair of comps, and they were like <clears throat> nosebleed seats. And if you're and, and if you've ever heard 15 seconds of any Blink 182 song that's not "I Miss You," you know that's not a band that you can send the nosebleeds for. <laughs> so I've uh, I, I basically. Uh, my friend and I went down, we had our tickets and we just tried to play dumb the whole time to sneak into the lower GA section. And then eventually, uh, you know, when I just waited for a giant group of people to where it was so big, they couldn't afford to check everyone's ticket because they just had to get everyone inside. And we just kind of filed in line and stuck our arms out with everyone else. And they just put wristbands on us and we were good to go. Uh, similar thing to that. One time we had uh, upper decks tickets for uh, the black keys of the cosmopolitan and again, we tried to play dumb and sneak our way down because we have GA like standing room only, but they have a standing room only section uh, upstairs as well. Um, and we wanted lower, like you know, like GA floor in front of the stage. So what we did was um, we tried to play dumb and sneak our way down, and that didn't work. And then eventually we just went over to these two like concierge dudes that were clearly like our age. And we're just like, yo, we forgot to grab wristbands on our way in. We have GA tickets. Can you grab wristbands for us? Because we don't want to have to go out and go past the metal detector and then go all the way back in. And like the dudes were dumb enough to fall for it. And they just went and got us wristbands and let us in. You know, it's where there's a will, there's a way. And I will. So there must be a way. Yeah. Um, one of the craziest stories that I have is the time that me, Jake, and Trey snuck down the, at the Future Amigos concert. And Jake got socked by a security guard. So our young Avion for all you TikTok. I was gonna fans. say yeah, yeah, Jake Wagner. Um, so so uh, we so we're at the top, and at this point we're like we're at the like we're like probably seventeen, maybe sixteen. Trace is young because Trace is a year younger than us, and we're up at the top. We're at the very top at Future Amigos and ASAP Ferg, and ASAP Ferg is performing, and Jake is just like I can't fucking do this because Jake used to sneak into every concert sorry jake um and he just goes down and he um so what he does is he goes down to the second floor and he hits the fence so then now he's on the floor okay so he goes down to the second row like up you know of seats at the team arena and then he jumps over to like where the ice would be where they're standing where like the seats are for the floor seats so he does that me and trace follow trace goes first um and then I like wait, set, look around, jump because my big ass, six foot, skinny as shit. They see me and they grab me and they take me out back to the front. Okay, so they take right. me out, I get out. So Jake's texting me, he's like, "Look, I'll get you a ticket. Just 
figure out how to get back here. So I'm like back at this front by this room. And so I, I get out, I'm like walking through and the lady's like looking at me and Jay comes out with no ticket because they saw him in there and he's like, come on. And he gives me this ticket and I walk and show my ticket. And so now we're all three on the floor. Okay. So we're on the floor and Migos is ending their set basically. So I basically missed the beginning of the Migos set, but that's okay. So Migos is about to end where we finally, we keep walking. We get to the like middle of the row, right? Me and Trace say, stop. Future's about to come out. Jake says, no, I'm about to get to like will call. I'm about to get to like fucking VIP. So Jake keeps going up and we lose sight of him. So we're dancing to fucking, um, so while we're dancing to future, me and Trace are just getting it just right in the middle of the floor seats. Um, I guess this entire time Jake had been like trying to figure out a way into VIP. So I guess what happened was motherfucker goes and he gets like to the side, you know, how like VIP is like over to the side of the stage. So uh, he like, yeah. So he tries to hit the to, fence. What'd you say? I was gonna say for I mean for every like concert it's different, but yeah, I, I can I can envision yeah. like a VIP section to the left of the normal pit. So he hits the fence where no one's looking, and the security guard just turns around and punches him, bro. Just literally socks Jake. And then they like escort him back or something. And me and Chase this entire time are just ganging in the middle. And then he finds his way back to me and he's like, dude, a fucking security guard just socked me in the chin. And so then we just finished the concert, but we were on, we were like right in the front basically for the concert and people just kept going up and some people just kept coming up and trying to get us to leave. But me and Trace had like maneuvered our way into the seats. So yeah, I, I got to watch future from the floor, which was dope. And Jake got punched. <laughs> that's uh, that's outstanding. I mean, not for Jake. Things didn't go well for Jake. <laughs> I mean, they, they did now cause he's, he's TikTok famous and his music's blowing up. That is also true. But, uh, I mean, you know, yeah, I guess all's well that ends well. I'm trying to think if there's any other times that I've snuck into shows. I mean, you know, generally I've been very fortunate to get let in. And, and I've, as far as festivals go, I've found ways to get into festivals without hopping the fence, per se. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously LIB, it's like you don't want to hop the fence. Like, that's too easy. You know, yeah. You know, go Asian Cody Banks with that shit. <laughs> um,. Hmm. Any other shows I've snuck into? No, I want to know because I was I said I was going to want to know it. I want to know your craziest story from 7-Eleven. Oh, yeah. Let's go back to that. Perfect. Yeah. Um, craziest story from 7-Eleven. Uh, oh. Uh, I mean, one time this kid got jumped by like four dudes and knocked over a shitload of like groceries. And I had to call my manager at like 1130 to come down from his house and clean the shit up. Because when, <laughs> when you're on grave, you're by yourself, right? You're on your own. Um, nothing too, too, too ridiculous has happened. I mean, I've had homeless people come in with just the fucking audacity, you know, and they, they just piss me off. Like they, they'll come in and they'll ask for like free shit all the time. And like, you know, go grab shit and then come up to the counter and be like, I don't have the money for it. And then just like leave. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, you put up with tons of bullshit. Um, but aside from that, I mean, nothing too ridiculous has ever happened. Nobody's ever gotten shot or anything. Uh, one time I had a guy come up the other day and uh, ask if he could use our store phone for something. And he was looking at me <laughs> hydrated. And I was like, yeah, you can use our store phone. Like, whatever. So I give him the phone and he makes a phone call. And he's like, thank you. And he gives the phone back. Turns out that dude called himself a fucking ambulance because he was so dehydrated. <laughs> and, like, cops and, like, paramedics pull up. And I'm just like, oh. Oh. 
<laughs> like, that's what I got into the phone. <laughs> he was on the brink of death. Oh, oh, I had one guy one time, this one homeless dude that was coming in, and he looked sort of like, uh, oh, fuck. Who's the guy that plays um, Granddad on the Boondocks? He just passed away. Oh, man, I feel terrible. He was a legend, too. Uh, he, was on, he was on Friday. Oh, dude, I know exactly what you're talking about. The, he's Ice Cube's dad, yeah? Yes, exactly. Uh, fucking um, John Witherspoon. That's his name. That's exactly his name. Right. Related to Reese Witherspoon because, you know, Reese Witherspoon's a blonde white woman and John Witherspoon's <laughs> a black man. Uh, yeah, so this dude looks like John Witherspoon and he's, he's coming in, but he's super gangly and, like, he just kept buying, like, every, like, Two hours throughout my, my night, he just would come in and buy two, like, Mickey's tall hands and would pull out, like, three crumpled up dollars and some change. And he, like, wasn't talking to me. He was just like, <laughs> as, as it buys shit. And I was honestly impressed because I was like, damn, this dude's a good fucking pin handler. He's making, like, three dollars every two hours. For a homeless person, that's good money. So I was impressed, you know, I just kept selling him the alcohol because he didn't look any more inebriated. He just looked like he just kept buying the shit. I don't know. Maybe he was just stocking up, um, you know, in his house. Uh, anyway, long story short, I'm, I'm leaving that day and I'm going home from work. And on the side of the road, I see uh, like an ambulance pulled over, some paramedics. And they're loading that dude into the back of the fucking uh, ambulance. And he looks like dead as a doornail. So I think I saw. I think I was with a man on his last moments, because that dude did not look fucking good, and I and he probably drank about eight Mickey's tall cans over the course of the night, and probably didn't have any food. Oh, absolutely none, or no water. <laughs> yeah, probably no water too. And it's was this summer or was this like winter? When was this? Uh this was uh, April. This is like when I first started at the job, one of my first few weeks. So it's not so, too hot. It wasn't too hot. No, he's still dead. Uh, <laughs> well, you don't know that he's dead. Yeah, at least it wasn't hot when he died. That would have sucked. Yeah. Um, uh, I had to save a lifeguard's life this year. A lifeguard. Well, not, much, was, not much of a fucking lifeguard then, is he? <laughs> it was a she. Um, so oh, she, that explains I had, it. So I... <laughs> <laughs> All right. I had six rescues in three days as the lifeguard manager at the lake. Right. And I'm over, like I'm, I was fixing one of the straps, like the front pad of the, I don't know if you know what the aqua park is for anyone that doesn't know that's listening. It's just inflatable obstacle course on Lake Las Vegas. So I worked there as the lifeguard lead. Uh, so I would just basically had to deal with people with piercings who didn't want to take out their piercings. Like one guy told right. me to die and shit. That doesn't matter. But I'm over by Martin who's like manager, my friend. Uh, and like the, the people, like just like customers are freaking the fuck out, bro. And I'm thinking someone's like drowning or like needs help. And I'm like, where's the fucking lifeguard? And Martin's like, just go. So I run and I do my little Aquaman jump in the water dive thing that I always do. And I figured out that these people were seeing the lifeguard fucking drown. So she had fell down from the big slide and got her arm cut underneath the pad. So she's just literally underneath the pad drowning. And so me and this other kid, Carson, had to go over there and like literally save her from drowning. And so, yeah, that, that shit was crazy. Um, 
Like it was crazy. Oh, oh. And then, and then, and then my dumb ass, like I was going to like keep her working. And then I was like, maybe I should send her home. So I sent her home, but like yeah. I, was, I had her go back to stand. She's all wet. Feels like she just died and stuff. So that, yeah, I know you've got a lung full of water, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you could close out your shift. <laughs> God, that's okay. I almost feel I almost feel bad now about making fun of her, but I'm a terrible person, so I don't. Uh, that that's 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 interesting, though. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever heard a story of a lifeguard having to drown. No, that was that was insane. Because like I said, I had six rescues, but like it was like some guy like dislocated his shoulder. Some girl tore ACL. Um, one of the other lifeguards like fucked up his knee. I hope he's all right. This aqua park doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> Dude, honestly, no one ever got hurt. And then all of a sudden, like six got hurt in like a row. <laughs> like, yeah. It, honestly, my boss fucking, my boss is a fucking fuck, bro. Honestly, yeah. bro. He dick, bro. He, he literally like fucked me over all season, bro. And then he told me to my face, that this other lifeguard manager was better than me. And he said, because like, if someone was going to drown, I would like like let them drown basically is what he said to me. And then six people almost drowned and I had to save them. That's fucking like that's literally like what is it called? Um I can't think. That's like karma, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, he literally jinxed it. He jinxed it is what I was thinking of. He yeah. he jinxed it, bro. He definitely jinxed it. Yeah. I bro. mean, if you would have just let them all drown, they wouldn't have been injured. Like, you wouldn't have had to reset the days without injury calendar based on the fact that they would not be alive. <laughs> but I still think you probably did the right thing. No, yeah. I um, I, I got in pretty good shape because, well, also, I built both the aqua parks. Like, I literally, like, was in the water for 10 hours for, like, two weeks straight building the one at the West End and the one at the... Well, way to fucking go, Bob the Builder. You made a goddamn death trap. This is all on you. <laughs> Fuck this you, is entirely dude. on you. <laughs> the structural integrity of this aqua park is entirely developed to injure people. Hey, Aquaglide said they they like they like deliver to people in Africa. Like there's Aquagl- just Aquaglide. <laughs> Aquaglide is the is the, the Oh, I was th- I was thinking of Astroglide. Never mind. No, Aquaglide is the is the company that makes the inflatable pieces. But they said they, there's a bunch of them in Africa, and I was like, where are these aqua parks in Africa at? I was gonna say they should Astroglide should not deliver to Africa. <laughs> what is Astroglide? It's it's lubricant. <laughs> they don't need to make the rapes any easier. Oh man! But. So so wait, so wait, hang on, wait, wait, wait. before I get out of myself, let's rewind to what you just said. You just said Aquaglide delivers to Africa. <laughs> yes, that's what they said. There's no water. <laughs> that's my. Why point. the fuck would they deliver to Africa? <laughs> I don't know, and I don't know where they're getting like the hosing and stuff from. <laughs> that's, Unless it's like uh, South Africa or like Egypt or something, but like I was maybe they maybe they, maybe they just put it on the edges. Because there's water on the edges of Africa. There's just like a bunch of floating obstacle courses all around Africa. Yeah. It'd be fun. You know what that deserves? The piano? (laughs) They should have been been around in like the 16, 1700s. They could have single-handedly destroyed the triangular trade route by just putting... (laughs) 
obstacle courses all over the place. <laughs> Columbus would not have been able can to you, sail through those things. Bro, can you imagine like like George Washington and just random people, bro? Like just like fighting through floating obstacle courses. <laughs> We have to cross the Delaware, <laughs> but I can't fit through this tube, sir. <laughs> we have to cross the Delaware. Here, everyone put on their life jackets. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. Dude. Paul Revere. Oh, there's a floaty. <laughs> they, just, they put two floaties in the water if I land and one if I see. <laughs> the British are coming. A, the British are coming. Around. Inflate the obstacle course. <laughs> They'll never get past this one. <laughs> They're going down the slide. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. This, uh, this got unfunny real fast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was just like, man, I'm, I'm going to know where to go with this one. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, it's like when like, the politicians be like, they're like, we're at a crossroads, and they're standing at a crossroads. <laughs> That's like the most unfunny thing that it could ever happen. You're right. That was definitely unfunny. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, have you ever been injured? Like, have you ever broken any bones? Yeah, I, I have. I broke my collarbone one time, and uh, I didn't know I did. I just knew I fucking fell and it hurt. Like, I was riding the longboard home because my friend wouldn't give me a ride because it was cheap. Uh, <laughs> love you, Tyler. But uh, um, I uh, I was riding home on a longboard and I hit a like a freshly I was going on mission and they had just freshly paved that road because they were putting in the housing developments and I didn't realize how fast I was going because it was dead at night and it was freshly paved road so I put my foot down to slow up a little bit because I was going to make the turn onto college um, and I immediately just got launched off the thing because I was going mock speed. And I put one foot down, two foot down, and at that point I'm out of feet. And I'm like, well, fuck, I'm going down. So I just tucked and rolled over my shoulder, and I thought I just landed really hard, and I was like, ah, that hurts. And I, I couldn't really move my shoulder, but I, I just thought I just stubbed it, you know. So I got up and, and rode home. I, I just rode the rest of the way home because, you know, at that point I'm halfway there. Yeah. And I, uh, I went home, and – I laid in bed and cursed myself to sleep. And I woke up the next day and I was like, I still cannot move this fucking arm. This is, this is bad. So I'm like, I better get this looked at just because. So I, I went to the hospital and uh, they took a, I, I went in there and the doctor, like, you know, he, uh, he feels me up. And then uh, after that, then he checks out my shoulder and, um, you know, he, he, he like feels the bone and he goes, well, it doesn't, it doesn't feel broken. I think everything's all right here. Let's take x-rays just to be sure. And then he takes x-rays and then he comes back in the room like, you know, 15 minutes later. And he's like, well, no, I was wrong. You broke it. it you snapped it clean in half. And I was just like, what the fuck kind of doctor are you? Anyway, yeah, yeah I ended up being a sling for like, like 16 weeks or some shit. Like four months, I had to put my arm in a sling. And then I had uh, – they recommended physical therapy, but I just never did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I told him, you know, my arm, it's still not fantastic. It definitely uh, weaker than my left shoulder, but I, I can lift it again. So that's, that's promising, you know. I've broken a good amount of things. Um, like I just tore my labrum in fucking playing football, and then I broke my foot 
playing basketball last last semester no spring semester of my freshman year and then i oh crazy i just smacked the fucking mic um uh the worst one was no the worst one that i uh had was i fell i was having a lightsaber duel in third grade with this girl who my grandma used to watch and i got on top of this jungle gym i had in my backyard right and i and i slid off the canopy and my arm, both my bones in my arm slid and like, I had like a Z arm. My arm was like a Z and I went into shark. shark I went into shark. Um, I went into shock and I was like showing my dad and I was like, is this going to be all right? And my dad was like, fuck no, it's not. And we went to the hospital. Did you so, win the duel? <laughs> I don't think I did. No. I became Anakin and Luke Skywalker very fast. How did you become both of them? I'm just, like, cause they lost their hands, their arms. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, well, Luke, Luke never lost an arm. He just lost a hand. Yeah, dude. Anakin lost an arm, though. Anakin lost Anakin, everything, really. Anakin lost, dude, he lost fucking a lot, dude. <laughs> he lost damn near his whole body. He lost my attention halfway through the second movie. That's what he fucking <laughs> lost. The, the movies are terrible. Uh, the third one was dope. Third one's the best one out of all of them. Third one, uh, yeah, the, the fucking CGI in the third one is so bad, though. It doesn't hold up. It looks just tr- awful. I'm sorry, but Star Wars Episode Three is a bad. Well, movie. it was it was it was better than you. Do you think it was it was worse than the Force Awakens or any of the last three? Oh, I don't know. I mean, here's a hot take and a true confession that I've never told anyone. I have not watched any of the last three. I've I've never watched them. I watched Rogue One, and that one. Was You're not missing right? anything. You're not missing anything, bro. Like, yeah. it's so progressive, and it's just like, dude, come on, just make a movie. I'm not even like the type of person where it's like, ew, I hate Star Wars. I fucking love Star Wars. I just never watched it because I didn't want to watch anything that I didn't like, you know? Yeah. I don't want to ruin something that exists like in a pure form in my mind. If something's perfect in my head, I don't want to then make it imperfect by watching three movies that are absolutely abysmal. Yeah, you're not a big sports guy, are you? Oh, no, I love sports. Oh, you you do? I I can never remember. I'm just not athletic enough to play them because I live off of a diet of pepperoni pizza and Dr. Pepper. So tonight, are you going to watch the Lakers game? Um, what are your favorite sports? What sports do you watch? I'm big on hockey. Uh, uh, specifically well, everyone's got to be. You know, everyone's got to be, bro. Everyone, you have to be. Exactly. It's the rule. If you're from if you're Vegas here, and you don't like hockey, bro, like... I was just telling, um, I can't remember either scales or I think it was Nate about how fucking dude in high school, when they first came out, bro, I well, it was my high school. You guys were not in high school. Um, and we went and there was like a hundred thousand people outside. It was like all, and we were just like fucking ganging outside little John's performing. It was insane. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was there. I was there for the little John performance. I was there for the logic performance too. Yeah. That's so fucking dope. Yeah. I know. Little John is fantastic. Yeah, bro. I was fucked up. I was 18 and just drunk. I don't know if little John was fantastic or if he was just little John. Who in I don't it, know. In it it's fantastic, fantastic to have a free concert standing outside of the stadium while the first ever team in Las Vegas was about to go to the Stanley cup. That's what was fucking awesome about it. I absolutely couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's Vegas culture. It's like, you know, it's, you know, it's it's like if you if you're from Vegas and you don't follow the Knights and don't watch hockey, that's like being from Alabama and not you know having the same genetic composition as like you know your girlfriend or whatever. It's 
you know, it's just culture. Um, oh, I did not. I just got what you just said, Sal. You're fucking yeah, hilarious. I wasn't sure how I was going to word that, and it, yeah. it's you worded it perfectly. Thank you. Um, you know, it, it's. So yeah, obviously I'm into that. I, I'm very much into football as well. Basketball, I like the league. I don't really follow any one team in particular. If there's a game on that I know is going to be good, like Lakers Bucks, for example, I'll watch it. You know, um, well Lakers I, Portland, bro, that shit's been crazy, bro. Portland's up one zero. Oh, oh, I know it, bro. I mean, that's the thing. I remember watching uh, the game after Kobe died, unfortunately, and. Uh, um, I remember telling my girlfriend at the time, who she's a she's a Lakers fan. Uh, You're not dating her anymore. Oh no, we're not together. But obviously, love her with all my heart and wish her the best. Yeah, um, I just didn't know if you were still dating. Right, 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 no, no, yeah, we, you know, I uh, I fucked up too many times. Truthfully, that's all on me. But anyway, um, the uh, I remember watching that game with her, and and I, I felt terrible because it was you know right after Kobe died, and obviously LeBron was trying to pull out all the stops and make it a game for him. But it was just right in the middle of when Dame was unstoppable. It was when Dame was dropping sixty points a game, and he just decided I'm going to be the man, and no one's going to stop me. And every time that dude pulled up from three, I knew it was just good. And yeah, sure dude. shit, it was good. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, remember specifically what he ended up with that night, what his totals were. He could have very well easily had a triple double. But I just know that every time that man pulled up from three, there was no question that it was in. Well, they, there was like a crazy statistic that said that he has, just in 67 games, he has 55 threes from 30 to 40 um, feet. And Curry, only has, and Curry only has 61 in his career. Yeah. So, like... Dame is filthy. Um, I think if he was playing like this the entire season, he'd be MVP unanimously. If he wins this series, they might go to the finals. They are red hot. I think the only team is the, that could beat them is the team they're mashed up to. I think the only team they can that could beat them is the Lakers. I don't think there's a team in the West right now that is playing as good as Portland is playing, truthfully. Right. Yeah, I haven't really followed NBA too much since the return, so I, I don't really, I'm not really uh... – suited to speak on it too much but but yeah man dame's got something special in him i mean ever since that i think we all knew that ever since well prior to this as well but what cemented it was the shot from the logo to send okc home you know when he trained that everyone knew that it was just different i'm having i'm very conflicted because like i want to root for portland because i'm fucking here right now but like i am i want to see lebron get another ring because i hate people saying michael jordan's the greatest just like he's not no one's ever gone to ten straight finals just because he lost to the greatest team of all time, bro. Like, I hate that. Jordan, shit. Jordan's the greatest of his time, undeniably. Oh yeah, undoubtedly. But Kobe, but, Kobe yeah. was the greatest of his time too. But like LeBron, basketball skills, yeah. greatest basketball I mean, player the, of all time. The game evolves, you know. It's just the game evolves. That's just it. I mean, Wilt, Wilt was the best of his time, undeniably. And, yeah. And, you know, it's just the, then Dr. J came out and changed the game, and then Jordan came out and changed the game, and then Kobe came out and changed the game, and now LeBron's out here carrying the torch. That's just how it goes. I mean, the game evolves. You know? Hey, well, here, listen to this. Tell me yeah, if you man. agree with this. Chris, I know you're in here too. Tell me if you agree with this. What Kobe was to MJ, I think – is what Zion's about to be to LeBron. You think Zion's going to be the new Bron? No. Okay. So you know how Kobe, no one says Kobe was greater. People do, but no one, no one really says Kobe, Kobe like mastered 
Kobe oh, mastered okay. Michael Jordan. I, you know? I, I think LeBron, I think Zion is going to be the, like, he's going to, look, Chris is just talking shit. He just wants to talk shit so bad. Um, I think Zion's going to be the Kobe to, to LeBron's MJ. You know what I mean? Like, I really think he's going to, he's going to do what LeBron does just a, stronger. That's, that's a good way to play. Let's let him to several, several ranks, you know, and, uh, several yeah. finals appearances and, but listen to this. Uh, I'm Guess ready, who? Uh, go on. Zion's Zion's uh, point guard when he wins his third ring is going to be LeBron James Jr. I'm calling it. That would be a. That would be well. Yeah, third ring. I was going to say I'm trying to think of is LeBron James Jr. in college yet? No, he's going to. No, he's a sophomore. I think. I think he's going to be a sophomore or a junior this year. But like Zion's a rookie. He's 20 years old. He's my age. Right. Right. He's got. He's got 17 more years in the league. It's fucking evil, dude. Some people just. Some people just built fucking different, and they they just they cheat. Yeah, and honestly, that's facts. That's facts. The people just some. I should not be older than Zion. I should not look at that kid and say he's the person <laughs> that's older than that is younger than me. I shouldn't be older than Zion. I'm 37. For those of you listening at home, <laughs> but still, um, he's not 37. But look, I'm 20, and I'm like three months older than Zion, or three or four months older than Zion. Zion's younger than me. That's insane. Yeah, I remember the uh, the Jets took uh, their first round pick. They took a lineman who was like six, seven, three hundred and something pounds, and I'm older than that dude. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Are you a Jets fan? Uh, I'm not happy about it. I wouldn't. I don't. Seriously, thing. Nobody's a Jets fan. The words Jets fan do not exist. There are people that root for the Jets, and there are people that expect disappointment. Like the, the those are. I'm a Jets follower. Nobody's a fan. Nobody nobody likes the team. It's yeah. all it's sort of like doing the walk of shame, but for sixteen straight weeks. That's what being yeah. a Jets fan is like. But yeah, my family's from New York, so I was born into it. I would love to continue this talk, Sal, but I just realized it's two forty and I my reservation at the gym because we have to do reservations now because of COVID is at three. So I am gonna have to end it here, but I do want to get you on again. I want to get you and Chris on on the same podcast. So we should do that soon. It would be a pleasure, my friend. It was a pleasure being there today. It'll be a pleasure then. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna end it on this. All right, Sal. I'll see you later. I will see you soon, my friend. <laughs> Your voice with that was just so like it sounded like you were just giving like a commercial of puppies who are blind. Should I, should I do an outro? Yeah. Good evening. For just 30 cents a day, you can help these beautiful creatures. I mean, they won't see again. They're blind for the rest of their lives. But they'll be fed. And kept in a closed location. Where nothing will ever happen to them. Alright, so... It was good to have you. It was good to have you on the podcast. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm glad you cut that one off because I was running out (laughs) of ideas. I should probably, uh, I should probably wake up a little earlier before uh, I I I record next time because I was definitely off my game. It was it was a good podcast, bro. Yeah, you know, I had fun. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. I think it was great, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to do another one.
Yeah, so it will be up probably in like a couple hours. Um, I got to throw my intro and outro onto it, but it was good. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. See you, Sal. Later. Thank you guys for checking out episode 12. Merch will be out soon. The What the Fuck with Colin merch. Bunch of different designs. It should be up on my Instagram and my website soon. If you guys like this episode, give it a download and a like and a share for me. Tell your friends about the What the Fuck with Colin podcast. And if you want to be on, please hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. See you guys.